Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we're fortunate to welcome back Keith Ludeman. Um, As you remember from last week, we had Keith come in. Um, We talked a lot about his experience with with Good Mortgage. So obviously he started it back in 1998 and grew it, sold it off in 2016, uh, needed to stick around for two months and stuck around through February of 2018 with, with Good Mortgage. And then soon thereafter was kind of released into the world. So what I wanted to catch up with Keith on was for part two was What's it been like once he's been released into the world, right? So he knew early on that he wanted to to get involved in, in the Charlotte startup community and, and had been involved with it um, in a much more limited capacity prior to selling Good Mortgage. So, you know, I wanted to get that perspective. So why did he decide to do it? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what he expects to um, to get out of it. Um, I wanted to get his perspective since he's kind of fresh into it again, what he thinks of the Charlotte startup scene. Um, I wanted to really kind of dig into a little bit. Why does he do it? Right. As we found out, I think in part one, maybe it was part two, uh, you know, he's been a commercial real estate investor in the past. He still owns commercial real estate. He owns commercial, he owns residential real estate. So he's owned a, a cash flow producing asset. So why leave that? and and go into risk capital like angel investing or venture capital you know why jump into it um with that in mind how does he think about risk capital right how much is he going to commit to it or not necessarily how much is he going to commit to it but how does he think through his quote-unquote number um i wanted to dig into why he thinks with such a low minimum for charlotte angel fund and for venture south why more people in charlotte aren't in risk capital um, and really just kind of explore that side since he's so early in it, I thought it'd be really neat to get, um, to get his perspective and then maybe bring him back on in two or three years once he's uh, kind of a rock star, um, very experienced in it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and do that recap and kind of figure out how he built to it and what the process was like and how he did it, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, with that in mind, I, I hope you enjoy this, this part two of the, the interview with Keith Ludeman. So Keith, welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking around for um, for part two of the podcast today. Happy to be back. So after a short break, after a short break, um, it's like an overnight success, right? It's, a, it's a seven day break. Um, so, anyways, we um, we wrapped up that last show, and as we did, you started talking a little bit about when you sold Good Mortgage, knowing that you wanted to get involved in the startup community. Um, at what point in time did you know that's what you wanted to do? Well, I think back to going back many, many years. Um, there was an organization in town called the Metrolina Entrepreneurs Organization. Okay. Or the Metrolina Entrepreneurs Council or something. Um, and I remember going to the first meeting and uh, going home and telling my uh, wife, girlfriend at the time, that, uh, hey, this is where all the people like me are. And this is why I never see them because they're always heads down and working. And, you know, I always had energy from being around people like that. And I was around Terry Cox when she formed the Business Innovation and Growth Council, the Uh Council here. 
and um, she had set up a kind of a mentor breakfast that there were eight of us that were entrepreneurs that we all heard of each other but didn't know each other and we got to know each other pretty well over a couple of years. Um, David Jones was one of the people that was uh, in my breakfast group and you know the, the wisdom and the mentorship of what he provided uh, was just very valuable to me and when I saw the dynamics of that group you know that was that was fun to be around other entrepreneurs right because you know, one of the things if you think about being an entrepreneur, somebody asks you how are things going, your answer is going to be great or pretty good, right? But there's always something going on, whether it's a vendor issue or a supplier issue, a customer issue, an employee issue, a financial issue that you've got to deal with. So to be able to share that with somebody else and to get some help to fix the problem um, I, was very helpful to me, and I wanted to pay that forward a little bit and pay it back to the people that helped me. So... You know, um, I'll complain and at the same time ask you the question. So the Charlotte Observer and the Charlotte Business Journal don't necessarily cover the startup community very well. No. Um, so um, how'd you find it? You thumb through the yellow pages or, you know, how'd you come across it? Yeah, what well, was, um, especially over the last two years, I was heads down and just not involved in the community really at all. Um, though Terry Cox and uh, her book club were still doing some of the events at our office. Yeah, absolutely. The time we, we sold. Um, uh, I knew a lot about Packer Place and what was going on at QC FinTech, and that was a place that I was naturally going to gravitate because of the FinTech uh, uh, angle, and you know, I've got some pretty good success in the FinTech space. One uh, would say so. Yeah, the Charlotte Angel Fund. Uh, I've got some people that I know that are very involved in that space, so you know, that's where I started, and it was easy enough to branch out from there to you know, see the logical connections, you know, Juan Garzon and what he's doing with Start Charlotte, you know, became exposed to him through some of the things that were happening here at Packard Place. Uh, Innovate Charlotte um, used to be called CRFE, and I was on their board, you know, two, three years ago before okay. they reiterated. So reconnecting with, um, you know, well, one of the first things I did the first week is I tried to reach out to entrepreneurs that had exited their company and said, what'd you do? Yeah, <laughs> how'd you keep from either going stir crazy or becoming overcommitted? And you know, I got a lot of good advice of don't overcommit yourself. You're used to being busy twelve hours a day. Don't do it right away. Um, but reach out and just network and you know, buy people lunch and listen. And so far, it's been an absolute blast. Um, you know, yesterday I was at the Davidson Hurt Hub for innovation, looking yeah. around, right and. Um, I'm working with Queens. They've got an entrepreneur leadership circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with those guys, and we did a mentorship event for students. Um, working here at the QC FinTech Hub, mentoring three of the companies in the current class that they have coming through, and it's just so much fun because I made a lot of mistakes after running a company for 19 years. Um, and if I can share that knowledge, helping people to not make those mistakes, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Um so you got involved in the on the investor. You're getting involved in the yes. investing side of the equation well, as well. Um, you can be involved in startups without investing in them. Uh, I can, you know, and, and you know, right or wrong, this is something I'm going through one day at a time. Is you know what I I want to help some of these guys. Uh, I love the ones that listen, the ones that put their back back into it, and that they're fun to work with. And I think some of those are going to logically lead to investment opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be pretty confident of what I'm investing in at that point in time because I've been close to them. Um, but there are all a lot of great groups around here. The Charlotte Angel Fund, you know, every month uh, brings in three quality companies for us yeah. to look at. 
Uh, you know, I see a lot of the pitches, the QC FinTech, um, uh, Idea Fund Partners out of Raleigh is another organization I'm involved with, and they're very, very good at who they look at. So um, I'm still learning and, um, you know, getting some hands-on experience with uh, what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So it's an interesting perspective for you, uh, or for the listeners then. So you sold your business two years ago. You stayed head down in it for two years. You've popped up over the course of the last two months, give or take. You've been around a little bit more than two months, I think. I feel like I've seen you longer than that. Um, But certainly investing in early-stage growth companies um, is not something that you've been doing for the last 20 years. Um, What's your approach with it? How are you going to tackle this over the course of the next 6, 12, 24 months? Well, the first thing I did was a, a lot of listening. Right, you know, seeing what has worked for some people, what's worked for other people. Um, it's great being in a group like the Charlotte Angel Fund because you've got a lot of other people with experience that you can listen to and learn, and you're going to invest as a group. Um, you know, I haven't done any individual investments yet. Yeah. They've all been through funds. So, uh, but I do think I'll end up with some either add-on investments or individual investments over time. Uh, so right now, it's just a lot of listening and learning. Um, you know, trusting my gut on what I think a good business is. Um, you know, it's pretty easy if they're making money to yeah. tell if it's a good business and looking at growth. But, you know, also understanding, having been through the exit process, you know, what it takes to get through an exit and, you know, what companies are looking for. I've got a little bit of experience there now and, you know, I've been to apply that. Yeah. So um, what are you looking? So obviously you're profitable from day, um, we'll call quarter, it day three. Quarter yeah. one at least. Yeah, so. quarter one. Um, I mean, is profitability something that's a, a high priority for you, or um, I mean, what? I mean, you're really on the on the cusp of trying to get into this. What are some of those things that you're starting to pick up? Because it's different starting a company in 2018 than it was in 1998, right? So, what are some, ah maybe you know maybe this is something that. Um, you know, I should gravitate towards or, or, or something else. Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, a lot of days, uh, eyeballs and users and, you know, people have downloaded your app is a lot more important than it was in our days yeah. of starting up a company. And that's okay. You know, it, you know, if you look at the different stages of investment, um, you know, angel investing where there's no revenue and yeah. you know, there's an idea, um, it, it's pretty challenging. It's a little bit of a crapshoot, and I'm not sure if I'm really going to be a true angel investor in that sense. Um, you know, seed investing seems to be all right. Right, we've got some customer traction, mm-hmm. you know, though it's validated. And um, then a lot of times it's pretty easy to see a path to positive cash flow. But again, it goes back to: do you want to take that cash flow and really be profitable as a company, or do you want to keep reinvesting and try to accelerate your growth? And, and can you take outside investment and help accelerate that growth? So I think ideally, uh, what I like and just my choice doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's yeah. just you know, what I see is. You know, if you've got some revenue, you've got a strong product. You know, you're seeing good growth, and um, you know how do you how do we accelerate to make you bigger, more attractive, to either exit or became a sustainable, profitable company. Yeah. Will you want to serve on a lot of boards or not nonprofit boards? I'm talking about boards of right. potential companies that you invest in. Um, is that something to Really, um, I had TJ Eberly on the podcast a couple yeah, months ago, yeah, and he called it a uh, crazy uncle, mm-hmm. um, you know, where he can come in and, and get out. And I, um, and I think if he's on the board, he has that more of a right to kind of go in and say a couple of different things and walk back out of the doors. Right. Is that something you, you see doing in the future, or you still kind of think over the course of the at least short run, it's more hands-off, kind of passive, and just kind of watching things over the course of the next couple of years? Yeah, it, it's 
a different approach, and you know, it's going to evolve over time. Is uh, I'm probably even more of a crazy uncle because I like mentoring these companies, yeah. meeting with them every week or two weeks, and uh, you know, holding them accountable uh, in a good way um, and, and helping them along. So we're a board maybe once a quarter. You know, I'm probably going to be with them more often. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll lead to some better investment decisions too. And I can tell you, you've got too much hair. You need some more stress in your life. So yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe startup and um, advising will help you out in that range. Um, so you know, you did good mortgage eight ninety eight to twenty sixteen, then you stuck around all that time. You kind of kept your your head on your, in your business, watching it grow. Um, in in that time period. You know, the Panthers, you know, grow up. Charlotte adds gobs and gobs of people. Right. Um, you know, the banking business here in town collapses. It regrows. Um, you've got everything that's happened in Charlotte. You come out from a 20-year kind of freeze, if you will, mm-hmm. and you look at the startup community. Um, what surprises you about it? Well, it, it, I wasn't entirely in, in the hole in Frozen. Oh, come but, on. You know, but, We're with you know, me a little bit. Yeah, no, no, but, <laughs> but, but, but it largely very much true. Um, one thing is I'm really enthused about what has happened in Charlotte. You know, the, the city planners have done a, a great job. That's why millennials are moving here, right? We've yeah. got greenways. We've got by the Whitewater Center. You know, I remember some of the arguments 10 or 15 years ago about, you know, do we build the Whitewater Center? What's it going to benefit? And just look at how that compounds over a decade, yeah. more than a decade for Charlotte. So seeing a lot of those investments pay off. Um, I think we have a very healthy, thriving entrepreneurial and investing community here. Um, certainly we're not perfect. You know, I, I, people, I've heard people compare us to New York and Boston and San Francisco and how, we're, how we don't compare to them. Uh, and we don't, and we're not ready yet. Um, had some conversations with some people from Austin uh, a few weeks ago, and they were jealous of our public transportation. Yeah. yeah so, and if I went to anybody uh, around and said, "Yeah, Austin is jealous of us," even in one way, I, you know, probably have to be drug tested right away. Um, it, it's it's amazing that it's hard to be a prophet in your own town. You know, yeah. we we do have a lot of good stuff going on here in Charlotte. You know, there's a list of you know. 10 incubators, uh, co-working spaces. Um, there are a lot of people driving in different directions. You know, there's Queen City Ford, there's Packard Place, yeah, the FinTech Hub, uh, C20, uh, Innovate Charlotte. All these groups are driving in different directions, but that's okay. You know, I think we need to throw a lot out there and find out what works. I don't know if there needs to be one control mechanism. I don't think you can control entrepreneurs, right? You could just nurture them and incubate them. And, yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of stuff going on. I found that you could be busy 50, 60 hours a week engaged meaningfully in investing in entrepreneur activities if you want to in Charlotte. Um, that wasn't the case 10 or 15 years ago. I don't think it was the case five years ago. Well, I, I think you're probably right. It's yeah. come along very quickly. Um, it, you know, we, we probably need more angel investment. We definitely need more Series A local investment. But I think the seed investment area is actually pretty healthy right now. Yeah. We just need to we need a few more big companies around us to exit and those people to start new companies. And you know, I, I think we just need another cycle, yeah. another turn of the wheel. And you know, watch out, Charlotte's got a lot of great things working for us. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Um I've told told um, Dan Roselli about it. It's, it's like you see the train coming down the track, um, and you think it's coming, and then you realize it's kind of just left the train station. Mm-hmm. It's like when's it actually going to pick up momentum? But as it does, it's I mean, I think you're right. It's hard to stop once it does, and it's yep. close. It seems close at least. 
Um, and it's good that somebody that hasn't been in it for the last three to five years mm-hmm. thinks that as well. Because I've been in it for the last three or five years, and I look at it and say, God, it's, it's moving, isn't it? I mean, you right. walk up to it and push it and make sure it's still moving along. So, um, But so, you know, um, go back to the angel investment thing, though. Mm-hmm. It's still... So Charlotte's still very much a real estate and banking town, right? I agree. Um, you've owned real estate, um, yep. I believe, multiple pieces of real estate in the past. Correct. Why still not do. just still do? Why not just go buy more real estate and um, manage real estate instead of you know getting involved in you know entrepreneurs' lives and you know that, that's certainly that's a possibility. To me, it's just not as fun is exciting you know I'm a big believer too in a balanced portfolio and you know I I still have the building that goodmortgage.com was running 44,000 square feet so you kept the building you owned the building separately a different LLC right Right. a different LLC Um, so it's I'm finding it's very nice to be a commercial landlord yeah right Um, I do have a bunch of uh, investment properties uh, residential investment properties and certainly that provides a, a very good living yeah but, um, yeah, I think just about every investor should be balanced, right? Whether you look at, you know, stocks, bonds, you know, there ought to be a certain amount of risk capital. And mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing that Charlotte's missing is making sure that you've got a portion of your investment portfolio in risk capital. And that's an area where I, I think I can help. And, uh, you yeah, know, I think as we see a couple companies exit, and you'll, you'll see more people that you know, will embrace that over yeah. time. Um, but if I do something to you know help bring people to meetings and show, hey, this is what we've done, this is where I've made money with yep. risk capital, um, I think that'll be good for both the companies and the investors in Charlotte. So how do you think about risk capital then? I, mean, I have this conversation with a fair number of people, and you hear people at events talk about it. You know, 5% of your portfolio should be in you know, risk capital or 10% or whatever the magic number is. Right. Um, I think everybody always needs that that number to give them the freedom to go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it differs for every person, right? I, I mean, would agree. You, you, know, you, and you look at somebody, $100 million person that lives on $20,000 a year mm-hmm. could afford to have gobs of money in risk capital right? Um, because they don't need anything, right? I mean, they could live comfortably off a $500,000 portfolio, so mm-hmm. they, theoretically they could invest $99 million in risk capital. Right. How do you look at it? Yeah, that's a good question, and I think the answer is different for every single person, right? It's, you know, where you are in your career, uh, whether you're going to continue working, whether you need to continue working, what your returns are from your investments, um, how much you want to pass forward to your family, how much you want to pass forward to charity or your school or wherever you want to go. Um, but I can tell you this, the number should not be zero, <laughs> right? And uh, I think that's where a lot of people are right now is the number is zero, yeah. as opposed to it being a, probably a more healthy 5 or 10%. And you know, I think that's one area that we can change. Yeah, I mean, so it's probably public. I don't know if it's public knowledge, but I mean, the investment minimum for the Charlotte Angel Fund is $25,000. You and I were talking about dinky play accounts that people have all the time, right? right. Investing in the, the blue aprons of the world or whatever it ends up being. Um, I mean, that's essentially a dinky play account. Why aren't more people participating in it? Is it, is it fear? Is it um, taboo? Is it not talked about at the country club? What's, 
what's holding people back from committing $25,000 to join Charlotte Angel Fund 2? Well, you know, I think it's, it's starting to get a little more momentum, which yeah. is good. So we'll just be talking out a little more. And, you know, let's, and I'm, I'm really confident that Charlotte Angel Fund is going to do better than Blue Apron. Right. So gone from 10 to 2. So we're and now back up to 250 or so. But anyway, um, we're not giving stock advice on this program. That's uh, right. Past performance is not indicative of future results. But, uh, you know, I, I think more and more people are looking at it, right? And, you know, I think some of those conversations are starting to take place at Country Club. And I think part of it is just getting the word out a little bit. You know, I, I would say that if you want up to 20 people in Charlotte, 15 of them probably don't know that it's only 25,000 to play in Charlotte Angel Fund. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think they're on fund two right now, right? Yeah. So, you know, after I think that, you know, they've invested some really great companies, there's going to be some successful exits. And I think all of a sudden, again, that, that train's going to be moving and you're not going to be able to stop it. So, but, you know, hopefully that's one of the things we can do this program is let people know that there are, you know, reasonable investment opportunities. Um, and the neat thing about the Charlotte Angel Fund, you can invest 25000 and then if you see a particular investment that you know, I really like this one, you can invest the amount that you choose yeah. alongside. And then you've got a professional team that, um, so let's talk about what you want to do when you invest, right? You want to make sure that you've got somebody doing a financial due diligence, somebody doing a business due diligence, somebody doing a risk due diligence. And the Charlotte Angel Fund will provide that for you, right? Yep. So you're not doing it on your own. And there's certainly other good organizations like Venture South. Yeah, uh, they do a great job. That you can do that too. Uh, but if you that heavy lifting, you don't have to do it yourself. You yep. don't have to just trust your gut. You can get some good hard numbers and invest inside it. And they've done some really good investings in companies like Wow. Right? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're doing very well. How much has that surprised you? The the process of the Charlotte Angel Fund, right? Uh, I mean. You had the due diligence right. with Good Mortgage, so, mm -hmm. and I imagine it was probably a little bit more intense than what the Charlotte yeah. Angel Fund does. But Quite a bit, but. it's, <laughs> but it's still a, you know, um, how much is the due diligence or just being part of the fund? How much is the fund process surprised you over the course of the last couple of months? Well, you know, so it starts at the meetings, right? You yep. get to see uh, pitches, and some of them are good, and some of them are not too good, right? <laughs> and some of them, the content is good, but the presenter's not good, or, yep. and sometimes the presenter's great, and the content's not great. Um, so, and there's a lot of really, really smart, successful people in the audience that are part of the fund. So part of it going to the meetings is to be around other people that have the same interests, right? Yep. And, and get a lot of uh, you know, good advice from those folks. Um, not just how to invest, but, you know, advice at a certain age of your career and what yep. you're doing. Um, some of the conversations I've had have ranged from, you know, charity work to NOAA naturally occurring affordable housing. Right? <laughs> They've come up at the meeting. So it's just, it's fascinating to go to the meetings. Um, but then it, when you look at the diligence, uh, it, you know, it, when the people in the meeting decide that, hey, let's take a look at this company for diligence, and then you vote, are we going to invest as a fund? Um, you've got a lot of smart people helping you make decisions. And that really, in my mind, lowers a lot of the risk. Um, have you participated in the due diligence process yet with the Charlotte Angel Fund? Not yet. So is, do you anticipate raising your hand for it? Uh, at some point, yes. Yeah. So I'll report back to Greg that okay. answer. Thank you. Um, so um, kind of stick there, though. Um, you come to your first meeting, you kind of knew that you were going to do it, right? Again, I mean, you, yeah. you think about the, the size of the commitment. It's not that big of a deal. Um, You've been around a little bit you, um, and seen things. Um, the, 
the kind of aha or what grabbed you most at that first meeting? Was it was it the quality of the presenters? Hey, I can't believe Charlotte's getting this type of presenter in. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh knows there are only 35 other people here. Um, wow, the beer in the corner is pretty good. What was it that got you on the first meeting? Well, the local beer was really nice. Yeah. That's part of the meeting. But it, it was really the people in the audience, right? And, and I knew some of the people involved with the Charlotte Angel Fund. But when I looked around the room and it was just quality person after quality person, and even the people I didn't know that I had a chance to talk to, I, I said, if there's this many smart people doing the same thing, you know, that's a good group to be part of. Yeah. What's, what's been your impression of the... Um, not just the entrepreneur here in the QC FinTech Accelerator program, but the quality of the entrepreneurs that you've seen across Charlotte over the course of the last couple of months. Well, you know, not all businesses are going to make it, right? That's and, and, that's, and that's okay, yeah. right? It's okay to fail. Um, sometimes you fail because of a bad idea. Sometimes you fail because of bad execution. Yep. And sometimes circumstances are beyond your control. Uh but I think overall, the quality of entrepreneur, the quality of startup uh, is much better than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Certainly, there's a lot more of them, too, but the, I would say percentage-wise, uh, people are thinking it through. They're more prepared. People understand customer discovery. People understand how to give a pitch. There are a ton of free resources to go to, like Pitch Breakfast, yeah. um, where you go and you can observe pitches and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, there are templates you can download online. So. Uh, if people really want to put work into it, there are a lot of free resources that can help them become successful, and people are taking advantage of that. So people say we need more talent in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, do you push back on that and say we need to look better or look harder at the talent that we have, or would you agree that the talent will continue to improve and that's okay? Um, you know, you, you always want more, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't I don't know. I, I think wherever you look, right, people are going to want more talent. And it probably depends on your needs too, right? I mean, certainly, you know, more developers, more experienced developers, people that have been through, you know, growth and exits, right? That's invaluable experience if you've done it. Um, yeah, we just need to get through another cycle. Yeah. So I think it's, it's growing. It's happening. Um, there are certainly great success stories like Avid Exchange bringing a lot of good talent to town. Uh, Tech Talent South and other coding schools that are developing great uh, talent. Uh, It's still a very reasonable place to live, cost of living. Um, People still want to move here. Uh, So I would say there, but there's certainly areas of pockets where people go, I need more Ruby on Rails programmers, right? As as opposed to, you know, Java stacks. Who knows? I still don't know what Ruby on Rails is. I should probably educate myself. Um, Speaking of cycles, and we're we're kind of getting close to wrapping up here. one of the things that might have eliminated the need for another cycle was if Amazon had theoretically decided to land here. Mm-hmm. Disappointed or it's okay? Uh, it's okay. We'll be fine without it, right? So Amazon certainly, uh, Amazon almost, and again, this is just all theoretical, right? It, it almost could have been a negative for yep. the environment, right? Because I think it would suck a lot of the resource out of the local market. Certainly would bring a lot more, right? Yep. So I think it would be a, a, a great thing for the economy in 10 or 15 years, but potentially a short-term negative for some of the entrepreneurs in the area. Yeah. So we'll be fine without it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I've come to the realization that I think losing out on PayPal was probably one of the hardest things um, for the local economy, much worse than losing out on Amazon. But 
Um, I'm just a small town kid living in South Park. So um, I see you've got a bracelet on with 26.2. Do you run? Uh, I do run. Okay. I tell you what, it was one of the great things. And when you're an entrepreneur, you got to have a way to relieve stress. Yeah. So um, I decided when I was 49 that I was going to a marathon right after I turned 50 and okay. ran the San Francisco Marathon. It's my first one. And I'm three in so far. Okay. So you've done three. Which ones were the other ones that you've done? I uh, did the uh, Columbia River Gorge Marathon. Okay. Uh, the, up a Hood River, which was a beautiful run, except it was freezing at the start and 80 degrees in the middle. So And then we had to run back. It was an out-and-back course. And then uh, since the Charlotte Marathon was three weeks later, I came back and ran the Charlotte Marathon. Okay. Why not? And uh, I tell you what, Charlotte has a lot of hills. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of the uh, one of the assets we have here. Is a lot of hills, right? Yeah. Uh, what's your goal there? Do you have it? Do you want to run New York City? Do you want to run Boston, or do you just want to stay healthy and continue I, to run? I'm a finisher. I'm not a I'm not a racer. I'm a finisher. Okay. that's all that matters. It's like being an entrepreneur, right? Just put your head down and get to the end. Right? That's right. Not, who cares how fast? Especially in my case. That's right. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for putting your head down and kind of getting through this with me. I appreciate you um, kind of sitting here and shooting the breeze with me. I've again, I enjoyed the first part. I enjoyed the second part. I mean, obviously, I think the Charlotte Angel community needs to grow. Um, and I think with um, with folks like you in it, it has um, only one direction to go, and that's up. So, um, so thanks for sitting down and, sh- and sharing some time with me today. I appreciate it. I mean, I think this is great that we've got this kind of energy and a podcast going out dedicated to this, and that's part of the fuel that the engine needs. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, thanks so much, Keith. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. God, that was a good interview. Um, yeah, you sit there, or I sit there and listen to it, and you know, again, I've said it about numerous people in this podcast, but, you know, having Keith sell good mortgage, you know, two years ago and, and now get active in the Charlotte investor, Charlotte early stage investing scene can only mean good things for the city of Charlotte. So he's smart. He's done it. Um, he wants to roll up his sleeves and get involved. He wants to, he wants to give back to the community. Now he's also profit minded. So he wants to make a profit on the back end of it. So he's going to move this needle. So, you know, again, Keith has, has found a way to get active, which means he's out there in the communities at Charlotte angel fund meetings. Um, he's at the, you know, pitch breakfast of the world. He's at other, you know, events. So, you know, if you if you want to learn more about how Keith is doing it, just get out there and, and find the places where he is and, and start to ask him questions about how he's doing it and what he's doing it. He's a he's a super nice guy and um, he'll probably find himself always being one of the smarter guys in the room too. So you know, seek him out, find him, and you know, stay tuned for, for more coming out of the Charlotte Angel Connection over the course of the next couple of weeks. One place I can guarantee you Keith will be at is the FinTech Conference on June 13th um, from QC FinTech Accelerator class. Um, again, go to qcfintech.co for details on that conference. Um, and certainly hope to see you out there and certainly hope to have you here next week on another edition of the Charlotte Angel Connection. <laughs> William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates.
The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.